self-reliant is defined as not needing help or support from other people. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper podcast, episode number eight. My name is Keith, and it has been a while since I put up a podcast. Finally, the heat wave or whatever you want to call it here in Central Virginia, has subsided over the last couple weeks, including the humidity, the heat index, if you will, 103, 105, 108 at times. Uh, the air temperature was mid, mid to high 90s, 95, 97, 98. You throw Central Virginia humidity on top of it, and it was nearly unbearable. However, this weekend, uh, it rained really, really bad Friday afternoon. Had a nasty, nasty storm Friday afternoon. That cleared up. Humidity dropped off. And when I woke up Saturday morning at O-Dark 100, for no good reason, the humidity was like 35%. Turned off the air conditioner because I'm tired of sending the people who own the power company, sending their kids to college. And... Opened up the windows, and it was very, very refreshing. All the way into Sunday evening, um, it did rain late last night. It did get a little bit humid, so I did close the house up and, uh, and turn the AC back on. But certainly a tremendous break from what we have been seeing here in the last, oh my gosh, last three weeks. And the weather forecast is low to mid-80s, a little bit of rain here and there throughout the week. But I think the humidity is going to, you know, stay relative, no pun intended, stay relatively low, except for a few scattered thunderstorms and things like that. Boy, folks, have things gone completely off the rails in the last couple weeks. Inflation is on its way back up. Gas prices are starting to tick up just a little bit. I said before, although the stock market is the single day result of the stock market is not indicative of, uh, of the economy per se, but it is a bit of a snapshot from time to time. That seems to be doing a little bit better. And then the um, whatever bill, non, non, I'm not even sure what they called it up in D.C., the non-inflationary inflationary budget act of, 2022 or something like that. Anyway, that'll be that'll be signed into law. And I think the reason the stock market and things have settled maybe a little bit is because everyone's like, oh, thank God, it's over. You know, they're either going to sign it or they're not. Okay, at least we know what's going to happen now. There was so much up in the air with that bill and, you know, all the little amendments and stuff like that. Everybody was really nervous about what was going to be there in the bill. Now that it's there, Everyone's like, okay, it still sucks, but at least we know it sucks, and we know what parts suck in it. So, let's talk about water. I know I've been, uh, last couple podcasts, I've been telling you that I'm actually going to get to uh, some water preparation uh, type of type of information. All right, so it is recommended that you have one gallon of water per person per day set aside. Now, I actually double that. The formula that I use is two gallons of water per person per day. 
that takes into consideration food, food preparation, drinking water, a little bit of water to uh, wash, your, wash your dirty butt off and stuff like that, you know, just to have that in case you need it. Now, if it's really, really hot, you're going to drink more. If it's really, really cold and windy, you still need to drink because the wind uh, and the cold will actually dehydrate you um, just as the, the warm weather and the sun does in the spring and summer. So we're going to go with two gallons per day per person. All right, let's just use me. Two gallons per day per person. So that's 14 gallons a week. Now, am I going to use two gallons every single day for that week? Probably not. Will I have a little bit left over? I hope so. And then that just builds upon the extras that I have. So if you have the room, if you have the ability to store two gallons per person per day, that's perfect. If you can only store one gallon per person per day, that's fine too. Anywhere between one and two is an absolute bonus. A half gallon of water, if you think about it, per day, per person over a week, is quite a bit. You always want to store, in my case, you always want to store a little more than you think you're going to need. Do you have pets? So when the poop hits the fan and uh, local drinking water is not available, there's a run on the stores, whatever it happens to be, don't forget your pets. You guys know how much your pets drink. If you have a big dog, he's going to drink more than with a little yippy dog or a couple cats. If you have livestock, if you have chicken, you have goats, remember, they're going to need water too. Now, their water doesn't need to be um, as sanitized or as fresh as yours. We can certainly feed the livestock out of... Um, out of rain barrels, that would that would certainly work. All right, the easiest thing is just to get a case of bottled water at whatever store you're going to. So we're going to Wally World. So what, two bucks, three bucks, whatever it happens to be, you get yourself a case, and it really depends. Sometimes it's 24, 36, 40, sometimes it's 48 miles. It just really just depends. So you're going to take that, and you're going to determine how many gallons is in that particular case of water. So let's say there is, just for kicks, two gallons in the case that I buy, just, just to keep it nice and even. So that one case will last me that day. So now I need seven of those. Those things are heavy. Now can you stack those? I think you can stack them, but I want to stack them more than three or four high? Probably not. If you have seen um, or handled a bottled bottle of water, the plastic is super, super thin. Why? Well, it keeps costs down. It decreases the carbon footprint, if you will. So this particular company can say, our bottles use 30% less plastic than they did a week ago. And everyone's like, hooray, I want to buy water from that guy because this company is more envi environmentally friendly. All right, so those don't stack very well, but if you have room, there's a case per person per day. Now, 
Let's move up to like storage containers. Um, there's things called water bricks, all sorts of, normally they're blue, uh, you know, thick plastic. You can get them at Walmart, Amazon, all your other stores. They have like a little, most of them have, have like a little white spigot at the bottom. I remember taking them camping. They're just very convenient. Now you can also go to the grocery store and get, I think it's a gallon, gallon and a half version. You can kind of put it in your fridge, you know, and, and the spigot hangs out over the, uh, over the shelf and you get cold water. I remember taking those camping when I was younger, you know, my parents used to set up on the picnic table and, you know, we just run underneath it with a cup and then, you know, you get your water. So those are a decent option. Now you can't stack those, but you know, two of those, let's say it's a gallon and a half. There's two of those, there's three. So there's a, you know, for me, that's a, a day and a half of, uh, of water. A lot of the, the heavy, the heavier blue plastic containers are able uh, to be stacked. So take a look at them. You know, if you want to go shopping on Amazon or Wally World or whatever, go ahead and take a look at those. Um, Aquatainer, I believe, A-Q-U-A-Tainer, T-A-N-T-A-I-N-E-R is the name of the company um, that actually has those. I am not sponsored, nor have they provided any monetary compensation for mentioning their name. However, Aquatainer, if you're listening, and I know you're not, if you are, um, Throw me a bone and throw me a couple of your containers and I'll, uh, I'll, do, them a, I'll do them an honest review. But anyway, uh, very reputable, reputable company and they're, you know, food grade, stuff like that. You don't need to worry about, oh, you know, can I put water in these? Because that's exactly what they're, what they're used for. All right, there's this thing that I really wasn't familiar with. It's called a water bob and you put it in your bathtub. So it's this huge for the, a huge plastic bag, and it basically conforms itself to your bathtub. And I think that's kind of cool. So let's say the um, hurricane season. We're here in hurricane season here in, uh, in the eastern seaboard. Here comes a hurricane three or four days out. You get your old water bag, Bob, and you fill it up, and then I, I don't even know how, how big people's bathtubs are. I have absolutely no idea. A couple, couple hundred gallons? I have no idea how much a bathtub stores. But the cool thing about it, it basically just, it conforms itself. So, you know, you fill it up all the, all the way to the top now. All right. So you have all that water. You can't take a bath or a shower, but at least you got the water and it's kind of a one use thing. So, you know, if you use it, that's great. If you don't, eh, you're going to have to probably cut a hole in it and let it go down the drain, but kind of a, kind of a neat disposable option to get your water, water, Bob bladder bag. And um, last but not least, uh, we'll talk about 55-gallon uh, barrels, blue barrels. And again, I've talked about those in previous podcasts. So just remember, um, make sure they're, they're food safe or, or food grade. You're going to you're wanna get those. And if they're brand new, then you have nothing to worry about. If you um, pick up a used barrel, you need to make sure of what was in there prior to you purchasing it. Now I purchased some, gosh, 12, 15 bucks a piece. I can't remember a few, several months ago, three or four months ago from a local distillery. And I spoke to the gentleman went down there and basically had sugar water in it. So sucrose, they used that in their distilling process. I don't know, wines, beer, bourbon, whatever they have going on. Uh, one that I picked up actually was full of uh, Giardelli 
chocolate. Um, and they must use that for one of their whiskeys or, or something like that. But my goodness, I opened that thing up and Lord, it smelled like chocolate. I actually took the cap off and left it in my garage for a couple days before I cleaned it out. And my garage smelled like chocolate. So with the ones with the sucrose, um, you know, I rinsed it really, really well. Yeah, I took off the, the bung caps and uh, rinsed it really, really well. Uh, put in just a couple drops of bleach, rolled it around the yard, you know, put the put the bungs back on, rolled it around the yard, again, rolled around the yard, and uh, got as much water as I can. You couldn't get all the water out. Hung it upside down, shook it, shook it, and then got it, uh, got it fairly, fairly, fairly empty. And then you have to go ahead and fill those up. Now, when you fill up um, any any container that you're going to hold water in, whether it's your your um, your Aquatainer, uh, uh, blue stackables, or the uh, water bricks, or your 55-gallon drums, or 35-gallon drums, whatever you happen to have, technically you should use a potable or potable, however you want to pronounce it, hose. Basically, it's a drinking water hose. If you're like me growing up, I grew up with lead-based paint, and I just drank from whatever garden hose was attached to the spigot at my grandmother's house. And I think I turned out fairly normal, although some people would find that debatable. Regardless, to be on the safe side, get your little drinking water hose that's probably five times the price of a regular garden hose and go ahead and fill it up. Now, as far as the storage of water, the long-term storage, water doesn't technically go bad. Uh, you're going to see expiration or use by dates or drink by dates on all of your um, all of your uh, cases of water that you purchase from the store. I guess they have to put that on there for legal reasons. But water is not going to go bad. So once you're putting that, um, we put the water in the drum. You're going to want to preserve it, I guess, because it's going to be in there for several months, if not several years. And you can go on YouTube and read articles about people that. You know, that broke open their 55-gallon drums, you know, four, five, six years later, and the water tastes just fine. Now, as far as preserving it or sanitizing the water once it's in there, there's several different options. So go ahead and go on the Internet, poke around, find the information that you need as far as what you want to use. You can certainly use bleach, and it's, I forget, and don't quote me on this, so many drops per 55 gallons, a very, very small amount. They actually have water like preservation tablets, purification tablets, you can also drop in, and that will extend the, the life of the water and, and keep it as fresh as possible until you need to open it up. And then there is pool shock, the stuff that you throw into your above-ground or below-ground pool to get all the nasty germs out of it. It's crystal clear. It's sodium chlorinate, pipinate, something or other. And... That actually works as well. Now, here's the deal. You put that in there, you tighten the, you get the, put the caps on it, put the bungs back on it, grab your little bung wrench, you tighten that thing down, and you just let her go. You don't have to touch it, just let it sit there. Try to keep it out of the uh, direct sunlight. So if it's in your garage, um, you know, have a garage door open, just try to be careful. Um, you don't want, you know, heat, cool, heat, cool, that will technically... Uh, break down uh, the water and it won't be uh, usable as long as if it was, you know, kept in the dark. Always use a blue barrel or a black barrel 
uh, never use white or translucent. Some light will get in, and when the light gets in, that certainly promotes um, the growth of algae and all the bad stuff. Now, if you're going to set it on your garage floor, you want to put it up on some 2x4s, a couple cinder blocks. You want to get it off of the floor. Because I have read in, in, in more, on more than one source that eventually that plastic will leach, meaning it will pull whatever happens to be sitting underneath it. So if you have a garage floor that has had oil on it, gasoline on it, it's been painted, technically, eventually, that will leach some of those chemicals up into the water. And that can be bad, depending on how much is in there. It's certainly going to taste bad at the very least, and it can certainly be harmful. So go ahead and grab me some 2x4s. You know, and then the question is, well, what if they're pressure treated? Well, pressure treated wood is treated with a chemical, so we wouldn't want that. Well, what about just some regular old plain old 2x4s from, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's? That's what I use. A couple, you know, pavers onto the garden. I think that works just fine. Now, to get it out, you're going to need to get like a little pump. And they make these little hand pumps. They're, they're electric. Uh, battery operated some are little you know with a little plunger on it and then you basically just um, you know open open the cap take the bung off drop it in there you can kind of twist the uh, twist the little pumpy thing on there to keep it to keep it relatively sealed tight and then you just kind of you know squish it and out comes the water so certainly a bunch of different options if you have any questions, you guys can certainly reach me at my email, which is practicalpreppodcast at gmail.com. Again, this has been the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, Episode 8, High Quality H2O. As always, be careful, take care of one another, until next time.